Welcome to Here to Thrive. I'm your host, Kate Snowwise. This is a podcast for people who are ready to step up and live a happier life. It's for those of us who are dedicated to understanding ourselves and getting the best that we can out of this thing called life. It's a mix of psychology and modern spiritual thought, always with a focus on practical advice so that you can take it back and apply it to your own life. I don't believe we're here to merely survive. I truly believe we're here to thrive. So let's get going. Today on the Here to Thrive podcast, I'm honored to have our guest, Rebecca Campbell, with us. Rebecca is a best-selling author, spiritual teacher, grounded spiritual mentor, and a soulful guide. She's the best-selling author of Light is the New Black and has just released her second book called Rise, Sister, Rise. Rebecca's guided thousands of women to listen to the callings of their soul and create lives that feel completely aligned with them. I read her first book, Light is the New Black, when it first came out, and it resonated with me at a really deep soul level. I really couldn't put it down, and I cried happy tears right throughout it as I read her heart-stirring words. I then went on to have a session with Rebecca just as I was launching my business, Thrive.how, and I talk about that session a little bit in this podcast and, and what it helped me to achieve. In this podcast, we talk about Rebecca's journey and also many of the struggles that sensitive souls will go through or have been through. We talk about what it is to be an empath, what that word actually means, and also what the word light worker means and what a light worker does. We're also discussing the rising feminine energy and how many of us are being called to really step into our feminine nature. We talk about having courage and how it's key to living the lives of our dreams and so much more. I'm sure you'll enjoy this interview. It was so much fun talking with Rebecca. So here we go. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining me on the Here to Thrive podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure. Great to be here with you, Kate. I have just done a little introduction telling everybody about how much your work's really resonated with me personally and has really helped me step up and shine my own light into the world in the last couple of years. So I just want to say thank you before we start off. Oh, it's an <laughs> honor. It's an honor to be part of your path. You've certainly been a part of my path. Okay. <laughs> Look, to kick things off, for people who perhaps aren't familiar with you, Rebecca, I'd love if you could tell us a little bit about your story and perhaps your journey. I mean, I know for me, I really resonate with you being a really spiritually aware teenager. Can you tell us a little bit about that and Rebecca as a teenager? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm from Australia originally. I've lived over in London about 10 years now, maybe a bit longer now. But yeah, when I was younger, I guess I was always awake, but I had a significant awakening when I was around about 14. And it was like everything just got 
got turned up full ball and, you know, all of my school assignments and creative writing and all of that just really took a spiritual turn. I was like fascinated by just ancient civilizations and, and, you know, mystic religions and all of that. And I found my way into a spiritual bookstore where I, I just inhaled all the books and all, you know, collected all the crystals that I could afford (laughs) and like, you know, lied about my age so I could, um, get a job early and all of that kind of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah, so that, that really happened. And I had uh, some, some really significant experiences, particularly with, um, people who had lost their, their children. There are a couple of, um, women who just like, it was really weird. They just kind of, we, our lives seemed to just cross and that really woke me up in, in, in a different way and really got me fascinated by the afterlife and, and, and the potential, the, the potential of past lives and, and just, I guess, you know, when you, when you are touched with death and everyone on the planet is at some point, um, I think that for some people, it's just like it, it, just that that concept that we're all going to die at some point, and what the hell happens, and we can't possibly know for sure. But yeah, that inquiry really kind of cracked me open, and yeah, I, I started through um, a couple of friendships. I, I I started at that stage, and it was always with like older women who who you know they'd been through their own spiritual awakening. We um, you know, we'd read books together, go to different workshops and events. And it was really at that young age that I, I kind of had a really clear vision of, of me doing the work I do today. But at the same time, I, you know, on the other hand, I was a really normal teenager as well, you know, into sport, into, into starting to get into boys and all of that. And I, I, I consciously chose to go into a spiritual closet and I guess in a way lead a bit of a double life because I soon found that like it was, I wasn't really able to have those conversations with my girlfriends. Like, you know, we'd be going to, you know, the, the shopping mall and buying stuff to wear on the, on the weekend for the school dances and stuff. And past life conversation didn't really flow with that. (laughs) (laughs) And so I, I made the decision at that age to just like slowly start erecting a spiritual closet, which I stayed in until I was really like mid twenties, like people who were really close to me, I would reveal like all the studies that I'd done. Cause I went on to, to, to study the intuitive arts and healing arts and, and yeah, but it was, it was really something that I, I wasn't overt about. And yeah, it was, I moved over to London. I was very clear. I ended up going into advertising for as a career and and it was as I was nearing my um you know 28 29 30 the sudden returns um stage of life which um anyone who's been through it has probably been through a significant shift in that point or at least been called to as I approached closer and closer to that it became more and more evident that the life that I'd consciously created just wasn't was no longer in alignment with with the work that I came here to do and so little by little I found myself being called and edged into into the work that I do today so I find your story fascinating because um, if you read Rebecca's books, those those women you were bringing into your life, you can clearly tell they were deep soul connections that you had. Mm, yeah, really special. And, 
Yes, so special. But one of them is a woman called Angela Wood, who I, I, I speak about um, in my first book, Light is the New Black. And my second book is actually um, dedicated to her and my mom, actually. Um, and yeah, when you look back at, at these these people, I've been studying a thing called biography recently. And it, it just, you look at like the, the arc of your life and it, it's everything's in seven year cycles. And you look at how, how different ages really affect you differently and all of that. And also how significant relationships are in your life. And, you know, seeing, for example, Angela Wood, her, her coming into my life was really like a a real pivotal moment Mm. um, that's gotten me to where I am today. Yeah. Yeah. I love reading about her. Mm-hmm. So you talk a little bit about then going on to have your very successful career in advertising. And um, I noticed in Rise Just to Rise, which is your new book, which we'll talk about a little bit more in a second, but mm-hmm. you really talk about having to channel that masculine energy to be successful in uh, your advertising career. I would love if you could talk to us a little bit more about that period in your life when you mm-hmm. were still kind of in your spiritual closet and how you really had to to pull on your masculine side to be successful in that kind of world. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that for starters, so when I say masculine, I mean I'm talking about like, you know, pushing on through, you know, working really hard for the and just kind of like putting the hours and pushing and striving and all of that. Mm-hmm. And like I came across my work ethic really honestly like my mum it was really almost like role reversal with my mum and dad like mum was like worked really long hours and dad he was a school teacher so he um, took more of a caretaking role because he just had more time to do it and um, and so like my mum and like so many women who have you know have you been in the corporate world Kate? I have yeah. yeah I was in corporate consulting uh, throughout right. my 20s and I, I resonate with your story so much, Rebecca, because I mm. had all of the same goals. Like by the time I reach 30, I want to be, and, yeah. I, and I, I met them all. It was by the time I reach 30, I want to be a manager in charge of the office. Mm-hmm. I want to be making $100,000, you know, I, mm-hmm. and I want to be respected for what I do. And and I reached all of those things in, in that period where you talk about in your late 20s and kind of then went, oh, <laughs> but I What's, did. Why? Yeah. yeah. What, what have I, I think been doing all such this a, for? It's such a common story. And, that, you know, and I don't think it's just for women. I think that there are many women like us who, you know, particularly if you've read Rise, Sister, Rise, it's like maybe ignoring the more cyclic nature of being a woman. But, you know, it, it, in many ways, you know, these these old ways of being and they they really served us. Mm. But you know, it sounds like for you and it was for me, it was just like, okay, that's not sustainable. And also I'm, I'm committing myself to this, this path, but like, why, why, yeah. why am I doing this? You know, cause, and it's such a tender balance because I, I believe hard work is great. Like having a good work ethic, I think is a wonderful thing, but when you're, you're, you're just pushing yourself and pushing yourself for an endpoint which actually isn't isn't in alignment with the life that you're really deeply truly trying to create then it's detrimental because you know we're just kind of like striving and pushing striving and pushing and then it's like for what yeah <laughs> and I think that it's so common for like 
not just women, so many of us now, and you know, it's the classic, it's like, you know, we've, we, we're, we're in a real transition point all around the world right now where, where it's like all these old ways of being that, that, that served us up until now, it's like, Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe they no longer do. Mm-hmm. And I think it's this, you know, there is no right or wrong way of doing things for anyone, you know, like there's a time and a place for everything. But I think that the, the masculine way of being for women, you know, the making in a man's world kind of thing. That's a bit where we really ignore our cyclic nature. We ignore the, the ebbs and flows of being a woman in order to fit into this like box that, that no one should be able to fit, is able to fit into. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree uh, with that so wholeheartedly. Mm. Rebecca, talking about your soul's calling and those nudges you started to get in your late 20s, can you tell me about how you've really recognized your soul calling you and and how you knew it was time that you needed to move and that you need to pull away from that big career you'd created for yourself and Mm. and go in a completely different and probably quite scary uh, direction? Mm. It was really twofold. One was... I mean, I've always been pretty in touch with my intuition, which doesn't, which is a big difference from actually letting it guide you and acting on it because <laughs> <laughs> we're all intuitive, but like not many of us actually that, act on it. Yeah, that's brilliant. But, like I could hear yeah. it, but whether I was listening or not. <laughs> yeah, I, it's very rare for people to actually listen to their, like act on the intuition. Yeah, act on it. That's the only difference between me now and then, right? <laughs> but but I I think it was twofold. One was like it, that that whisper, or you know, you could even call it like that 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 feeling, that pit in the bottom of your stomach, going, "Oh, I know something's wrong," you know. And I remember, like, I'd be, I started waking up at like a similar. It was like like 3 a.m. It was either 3.13 or 3.33. I can't remember, but it was like a a set time, like every, every night, almost like right on cue. And I wouldn't say I was having a panic attack because I'm not sure if I've ever experienced that because I know people who have serious panic attacks, but it was, it was like that. I think, you know, it was kind of like that panic state really hot and just going like, what, something needs to change. And, you know, I think the thing is that I think this is such a common thing for so many of us to go through where it's like, oh God, the deeper I get into this life that, you know, I've followed, I've done all the things that I was meant to, I've done university or or I've, I've been working hard or I've, whatever it is that, you know, we're, we've been taught that that we should do in order to be successful or, or in order to, to be, you know, a good girl or whatever. And, I think that the some sometimes when we're not listening to our intuition, the deeper we get into that life that we've consciously created, the more trapped we feel by it. But also the the scarier it is to let go of it mm. because you know, the more time that we invest in it, it's like, oh god, if I if I let it go now. Yeah. Like but what about but I've already spent same thing with relationships, careers, all these things, you know, when we're in those moments, it's really it's really hard to to see that there is is another option and that that you know 
in in letting whatever we have go if that's where you know our heart is really calling us to go it's it's hard to see that that we'll be able to create what we want to create and you know and i think this is what trips so many of us up it's like we it's it's like we we can't often cannot find the courage to step into what is the new thing whatever that may be um until we can see every single step along the way. But the thing about living a heart-led life, an intuitive life, a courageous life, most often we are being called to leap or at least take a little baby step. Um, and then the path where we're caught, right, where the path appears in front of us. But it's really scary when when you're actually there. And it's all well and good to hear, like, stories from you and me and all lots of people who have done this and in, who are encouraging. But when we're at that moment, it, it's really scary. Yeah. That's when I spoke to you, Rebecca. I was at that moment. I had a session with Rebecca when I was just about to launch my business. And I was at that Mm. moment of being petrified to step out, kind of a little Mm. bit just having to have blind faith. You know, it's about stepping out and trusting that the path will open up. And I spoke to you at that point and it was just everything I needed to hear to sort of calm my soul and mm-hmm. center myself and, and, and reinvigorate my faith that things were going to work out just fine. And I have been shocked at where this path has taken me. And, mm. and what I do think is beautiful is that sometimes when you don't know exactly how it's going to look, it opens up to be something more than you ever could have imagined, which is yeah. really cool as well. It's so true. It's so true. It's like, you know, this, I, I, I really feel that, you know, this same force that's controlling the spinning of the planets and as women, our monthly cycles, the moon, the flowers opening, closing, all of that, it's like that same force that we can't even put a name to is also in us and that's the force that's kind of whispering to us in the middle of the night or as, you know, whenever it was for you when when it's like, oh, do I do this? <laughs> and And I really do believe, just like you said, I think that was so beautiful. It's like we are always caught but just often not in the way that we – expect to be and also not in the timing that we expect to be so I know for me it was probably about two years where I really didn't think things were going at the speed I wanted them to I'm just like what can't it happen now you know and oh is this gonna work and you know all of that and then and then all of a sudden then it sped up and it went faster than I could have possibly imagined but those I remember those two years whether it's like you know oh am I ever going to meet someone and have a like will I get married will I you know do the work I'm doing will I write books will I do this you know though during the period which takes the long time it feels like it's a long time (laughs) thank you so much for sharing that because I just know how many people out there are in that space right now you know that but I took one step and I still can't Mm -hmm. see the path yet Oh yeah. 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 It's yeah. It's and just nice it's like to know you said, you've the been there too, isn't it? Oh yeah. <laughs> and I think we all have. I think I don't know anyone who is like living a really like a courageous life mm. who has not been there. 
Yeah. Several times. <laughs> Several times. I love it. Look, one of my beautiful listeners who is a really sensitive soul like I am, she mm. asked me a great question and it was about the protective shells that we build up. Oh, and yeah. she said that she can sort of, when she looks back now, she can identify that she built a protective shell around herself right back in childhood. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, she she can still feel the shell around her and she doesn't necessarily consciously want it there anymore, but mm. she kind of can't shake it. And she feels mm. like this, this protective shell is really hiding her true self. Mm. She was wondering how you learned to stop going back into your protective shell or your spiritual closet and mm. truly step up and out into the world um, and do what, you knew you needed to do and and Mm. go after what felt really good and right for your highest self? So I think the first bit is to really get clear in who you actually are, you know, like who you really, really, really truly are deep down, like at soul level. And then it's getting going about the business of, of letting people see that. So the clearer you can get on who you really are, the easier this will be, hmm, the harder too. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, if she is in a spiritual closet, or, you know, or you know, another way of saying it, like dimming her light, depending on who she's around. Um, I think the the there is there's really two things. One is it's about bringing the life into alignment. So, you know, so maybe if she's say she has a, a, a normal nine to five job and she's at work, it's like, she's not actually letting them see who that she is. It doesn't mean that, you know, you have to go and do it 150%, but just like do it one more percent or, you know, like for example, if it was a spiritual closet, if someone says, Oh, what you do on the weekend? Just be like, Oh, I did a meditation retreat rather than just kind of not mention it. <laughs> and I really see it like it is about this bringing, bringing our life into alignment, like this, like a little striptease in a way where it's like little by little you, you reveal who you really are. And then maybe even just like writing a list of like where in my life am I dimming my light? in order to fit in or in, in order for for people to approve of me or w- whatever that may be. And, you know, dimming your light doesn't mean you have to be like, look at me, I'm a mean, you know, that's not what I mean by like shining your light, but it's just like letting people really see who you are, mm. which again doesn't have to be like, oh, here's everything about me. And, you know, it doesn't have to be in your face. But, you know, I think what so often, particularly with, highly sensitive people is that we tend to mirror who we're around and particularly empathic people. So it's like we will match our energy or our light or our whatever you want to mood, whatever it is with the person that we're in front of. And now that's not that person doing it to us. It's, it's our decision to do it. So, yeah. So I think there are a couple of different tools, which, which, which you could try. Yeah, I like that. That leads really nicely into the ne- one of the next things I really wanted to talk to you about, actually. So mm-hmm. 
You were the very first person, Rebecca, who introduced me to the concept of being an empath. I had never heard <laughs> this before, and I'm I'm still surprised at how I managed to get through my entire 20s without mm. ever hearing about being an empath when I heard you talking about it and I was like, oh my gosh, she's describing me. Mm. Um, can you talk to us a little bit more about what an empath is for those who perhaps aren't familiar, like I wasn't just a few years ago? Mm. So empath is short for empathic and 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 empath is uh, so we're we're all intuitive. We're all, all got intuitive senses, which is basically just uh, you know there is the senses that that can be sensed. Well, that sort of senses, right? Yeah. <laughs> and the one that is is related to um, empaths is clairsentience, which is clear feeling. Mm. So uh, empaths pick up on the energy of the person around them, the room that they're in, particularly now, like, you know, with just last night was the super moon. Which oh my gosh. Like, it was so amazing. Nightmare. It was yeah, amazing it was. in Houston, by the way, we, we saw it. We were just oh, like, yeah? Whoa, it was, wow. Oh, it that's phenomenal. amazing. Yeah. That's phenomenal. Well, you know, like the moon really stirs up a lot of stuff, particularly for empaths. But anyway, so empaths, essentially it's it's all about feelings and the biggest challenge for an empath is to know what is is their feelings like i.e what they are processing personally and and the intuitive hits that they're getting personally versus what they're picking up from other people mm. particularly and this is like you know just entering a going for coffee with someone and then feeling the feelings around there right so you might go for coffee and be like oh my gosh I feel amazing and it's because that person is like really high vibe and is like in a really good place or, or they may be in the opposite type of place and really struggling with something and they may not even know that they are but the empath can can pick up on it um Another example, particularly now with all of um, like the world is in such a state of upheaval at the moment and anyone who's a highly sensitive empath would be like feeling all those feelings, feeling the polarity, which is, which is happening right now. And, you know, empaths, I find need a lot more time on their own mm. to kind of like transmute all of that. So I'm like you, a highly sensitive, empathic person, and I know that when when I worked in advertising, working in you know uh, an open plan office and meeting to meeting and just like you know copy and all of that, just like back to front, like keep on going, keeping on going, pushing on through, and then I'd come back home to my relationship, and I was like. Oh my god! Like I literally, I needed twenty minutes in the bath in order to yeah. like reset myself. I would, and you know, and then meditation does the same thing. But even even now, I was talking to my husband on the weekend, and I had noticed that that like something wasn't quite right. And I'm because I love my work, and so I, you know, he might come home some nights, and I find it hard to actually switch off because I I love writing and I love just putting my messages out there. I love doing that. And I can, um, you know, be guilty of, of overworking. And so this year has been all about actually like reining back the hours <laughs> and doing my best to find that balance, which is difficult when you're a passionate person. But yeah, and we were talking on the weekend and I'd realized that because my office is now from home, I yeah. haven't 
even though I have, I'd meditate and I give myself the time, but it's like I, I, and what we decided just on the weekend is, oh my God, okay, I need to get back into like cooking each night because we had stopped doing that, just getting takeaway or, you know, just like getting one of those, like going across to the cafe or whatever. And I noticed that, oh, okay, I actually need that, that time to kind of transform from the, from the lady boss into the wife, mm. <laughs> you know? And I think it's, it's things like that with empaths. It's like, like really creating an end point and, and clearing the, the day, you know? And I think we all need to do this in a way of like, okay, just like we'd have a shower, you know, and we can do it through meditation, but also like, you know, scanning your body, particularly as an empath will where clairsentience, it's like, you know, we'll probably be digesting a lot in our stomach region. Mm -hmm. A lot of empaths, it's like, that's where we will put on weight because it's like we're digesting our emotions in a way. I am Mm -hmm. so an empath. I have had stomach troubles my whole life and it's certainly the first place I put on weight. (laughs) (laughs) It's so annoying, isn't it? Oh, so funny. <laughs> Look, yeah. um, I want to start talking a little bit about your amazing books because you're the best-selling author of Light is the New Black and that book had such a profound impact on me. And talking about being an empath and stepping into my empathic nature again in my 30s, I read that book and I I cried from cover to cover. So, and I, I didn't so much go into a spiritual closet. I became very spiritually disconnected in my 20s. And, and I now recognize that as being a complete coping mechanism for me. Mm. So to then start to get back in, in tune with my empathic nature and, and read a book and, and just cry the whole way through, it was, it was tears of sort of healing and remembering. And they were very good and healthy tears. But such a profound impact on me. And I, I can't recommend Light is the New Black highly enough. I've bought so many copies for friends oh. who that I consider um, light workers or people much like me, sort of sensitive souls. Mm. And that book, sort of, you talk a lot about the light worker. So, mm-hmm. can you talk to me a little bit more about what a light worker is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, a light worker is anyone who's devoted to being uh, a force for good in the world so being of service so as well as as well as um you know having an awesome life and growing personally they're devoted to to like helping the planet as a whole as well um a light worker is is you don't have to have a particular job to be a light light worker right um a lot of people are like oh you need to be a healer or a coach but you don't like any anyone can be it and i believe it's anyone who is devoted to listening to their intuition and following it oh yeah i i agree i think i and i remember i remember in my first session with you and you say in light is the new black that we need light workers everywhere. We need mm-hmm. them in our corporate world. We need them in our country clubs. We need them in, you know, the mm-hmm. healing professions. But I think that's a really strong and great point to make is that you don't have to be a, a Reiki practitioner or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. There's light workers everywhere. Exactly. And and so many of us as well have been like perfectly positioned to to be in all these 
random different jobs. And for some, it's like, you know, because I think what trips a lot of us up is that we think that, oh, there's like one big calling for, for us. And like, you know, we have to find this one great thing. And until we do that, we, we, we can't relax because, you know, I think a lot of light workers, not all, but a lot have had that niggly feeling that it's like, Oh, I feel like there's something I'm meant to be doing. Like, what am I forgetting here? Like there's something I wanted to devote, devote my life to. And, you know, it, it doesn't have to be just one job. Like I think while, while I, I think that for me writing is a wonderful outlet for me and and definitely a, a, a great way of, of expressing the work that I came here to do. I think that there is several different ways of expressing that. So, you know, if there's anyone out there who's who's feeling like, oh, God, I have to find the exact right thing, like as if there was this, this contract written and there is this only this one job out there for you. Um, I just don't believe that's the case. I think that our job as lightworkers, if we want to be be a lightworker, is to literally just be a be a be a bright light in the world, however that may be. And for for one person, it may be to be an amazing mum. For another, it may be to make the best coffees ever and brighten up everyone's day just by giving them some amazing caffeine. Um, For someone else, it might be being a healer. For someone else, it might be a teacher. Like there's so many different ways of expression. Mm, I I love that point. Yesterday, last night, actually, my husband showed me a a little YouTube video or something of these, these four Indian men who they say their purpose is to just make people smile and they do this beautiful like dance I really must <laughs> share it but oh. but so they sort of see their job as spreading light through dance which I just love oh that's gorgeous yeah. gorgeous so talking a little bit about your second book rise sister rise which has just mm. been released I got my mm-hmm. copy a couple of weeks ago and I'm, I'm having the same experience where I can't put it down Rebecca's oh. keeping me up at night people she <laughs> is she is yeah. Can you talk to us a little bit about Rise Sister Rise and describe it in your own words? Mm. Well, it's a book about the rising feminine. And so the feminine in itself is really hard to explain. <laughs> read the book, people. Read the book. <laughs> but it's it's really about about surrendering to the the wisdom, like the wise ancient knowingness within all women and also surrendering to like really like unleashing our power like the prudency in any ways that we've over our lifetime over our our soul history over uh the 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 our female lineage any way that we've kept our power our potency our our light our our presence dimmed or contained or restrained in any way it looks at uh the the particularly like this the story of the 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 witches and the healers and the wise women over over history and how as women we have collectively been silenced and collectively dimmed our potency and you know this 
the feminine has been rising for for a very long time and has been present for a very long time. But at this stage in history, you know, particularly like with all the elections and like everything that is going on right now, it's like it's really just just it's addressing that this 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 mysterious force that is rising all over the planet right now and within each and every one of us. And yeah, it's about, it's a really a, a, a call to arms for, for all of us women to connect back in with that ancient cyclic wisdom that is in the depths of our body and our soul and, and surrender to that. Mm. So good. I, um, in both your books, Rebecca, you talk about the age of light as you call it. And I know you go into some depth in this and rise, sister rise. I'm absolutely a believer that we are transitioning into a different period and development in our human development. And more and more people I feel like are beginning to wake up and experience that deeper level of connection that I know you're talking about. Mm. Can you talk to us a little bit more about the age of light as you understand it? Yeah, for sure. So, so, this particular era of history has been prophesized by many mystics. So it's no, it's not not just me. I know it's many not just mystics. it's not just one. There are yeah. so many so yeah. many different uh, religions and and groups yeah. of people that have pointed at this, which is why I love it. Exactly, exactly. And so yeah, like the Mayans call it the new dawn. There is the um, Yogi Bhajan called it the age of Aquarius. I call it the age of light. And and yeah, it's like. It's, it's an era of great change. And, you know, I think also it's like it feels, if you just look at the planet right now, it's like we are birthing a new age in a, in a way and it's like there is more light on the planet that there, than there ever has and there is also a lot of darkness here right now. It's like, you know, it's just like with, with, as, as, with birth, any kind of birth, it's like, it's like there is a lot of contractions and where we are right now, I believe is like we're, we're going through the contractions of the birth and, you know, and so, and so it, it is in, in, in many ways, a really exciting time to be, to be particularly a woman. And in other ways, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult time. Yeah, that makes so much sense. I love the analogy of the birthing process. Mm. And, you know, like I, I believe that, that it is possible to create heaven on earth, literally heaven on earth. Um, but you know, like we're a long way off it as well, but I do believe it is happening and, and that it takes the courage of, you know, people like you to, to be like, no, I believe in this. I do. I hold this vision. I hold this vibration. I, I will not, I will, I will look at the tragedy that is happening, but I won't condone it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. No, I'm definitely one of those people. I, I can't shake it off. <laughs> I, know, I know you're one as well. I, I, I'm an idealist. I call myself. I do believe yeah. that we can, we can make heaven on earth. And I think we're getting closer, which is really exciting. Yeah, I do too. So I'm going to jump now, uh, Rebecca, to, I do a little intermission with mm. questions for every guest I have on the podcast. So these yep. are kind of like your quick fire questions. So hold on to your chair. <laughs> um, <laughs> Are you a morning person or a night person? I'm a morning person. Oh, I'm so <laughs> jealous. What is currently on your bedside table? Oh, it's this thing called brain tap, 
which is oh. like, it's like a, I, I got it online. It's like a headset, but it's got these like glasses as well, which you like connect in with um, your iPhone. So it's an app and it's, it, 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 it it works with like the alpha different parts of the brain basically to get you out of like the flight or fight mode. And it also uses light therapy. Wow. And it's called, (laughs) it's called brain tap. Did you say? Brain tap. I'm so going to Google net that one. It's really good. Yeah. Particularly if anyone has trouble sleeping, it's good because it gets you into that real deep rest place. And there's all different meditations that you can do with it as well. But yeah, I'm loving it. Ooh. What is your favorite self-care activity, Rebecca? Oh, at the moment it's flotation tanks. I was so hoping you were going to say that. I wanted to ask you all about them. Yeah, have you ever done one? No, I haven't. Is it the same thing as a watsu? Have you ever heard of that? Oh, is that when they like like kind of there's the the person yes. in the water with you? Yeah, I've never done that, but I've, I've read of that. I'm sure it's similar. The flotation tank, um, you can there's a pl- a place in London down in Vauxhall, so it's like a gym, but just all flotation tanks and kind of like a spa, I guess. Um, yeah, so it's like it's really high. It's like Epsom salt water, but high potency and you've got this little bubble and you just kind of step into it there's music playing and you just literally float in it it's just you know one person on your own um but it's so you know I'd heard about them you know maybe I'd gone to like a day spa or something and I was choosing between the flotation tank or the massage I'm like oh as if you'd choose the flotation tank definitely the (laughs) massage it wasn't until just recently I, I had some like tests done and I'd no, um, noticed like while I was sleeping, there were parts of when I was sleeping, I'd be, I was in flight or fight mode, which I think is actually, I, I'm not sure if that's common or rare or whatever, but I, I just noticed that my body wasn't replenishing itself the way it should be. And I mentioned it to my friend and she said, oh my God, you have to try a flotation tank. And I, and I did, and I couldn't believe how good I felt after so I'm not sure if that will be the case for everyone, but it certainly was for me because, yeah, I wasn't getting that deep replenishment. And I was like, oh, God, is this how normal people feel? <laughs> <laughs> I so want to try one of these. I've heard yeah, you talk about it on, a, on another yeah. interview. Oh, cool. Let me know how you go because uh-huh. yeah, maybe it may be like a highly sensitive person thing. I'm, I, I'm trying lots of different um, activities, which I think are like – I'm just trying to gather that highly sensitive, soothing. You're getting a whole um, list of self-care yeah, activities yeah, for highly sensitive I, people. I love yeah, it. I think that there is a lot of us who 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 are yearning for it in a way. So yeah, I'm testing them all out. You write a book about that next, Rebecca. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, do you have a favorite book from all your years of reading and self-development? Is there one that stands out? Oh, gosh. I know, big question, right? I, I love The Artist's Way mm-hmm. and I love Anna, Grandmother of Jesus. And who are the authors of those? Can you remember? Uh, Julia Cameron and Claire Hartsong. Okay. I'm going to link to those, everyone. Do you have a favorite mistake or detour in your life, Rebecca, when you look back mm-hmm. that brought you to where you are today? Mm. Oh, mistake or detour oh I I can think of a lot I know Um, I've had a good fair few too yeah like there was I I had a couple of 
relationships when I was younger, which were really difficult. But, um, and, and, you know, at the time when they ended, I looked and I said, Oh God, you know, may like, why didn't I see the pattern here? But now I see that in having them, it, it allowed me to understand people at extreme depth. And so, yeah, I'd say, I'd say that, that would be it. Oh, I can sympathize with that one. (laughs) (laughs) What is one thing in your day that you can't do without? Mm, Probably meditation. I mean, some days I get almost through the day without doing it. It's rare. I make myself do it. It's non-negotiable, but yeah, I'm a much nicer person when I meditate and, uh, much uh, more level-headed person. <laughs> so I just need to tell everyone that if you go to Rebecca's website, which I will link to in the show notes, but if you sign up to her community, she gives you a free light sourcing meditation and it is amazing. I do it all the time because it's a beautiful little seven-minute meditation and it's just so calming and reviving, Rebecca. I love it. Mm-hmm. So if you're sort I'm of so – glad. If you're starting out with meditation or you just want something that you can sort of fall back on on those days where it might be feeling a little harder even, I cannot recommend her, her light sourcing meditation highly enough. It's on, it's, it's in my Dropbox. And every time I go there, it's like recent files. It pops right up. I listen to it all the time. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Okay. And how would you describe the soul, Rebecca? Big question. Well, I would describe it in most cases as ancient and kind of like deep and moody like the water because I think the soul the soul yearns and longs. The spirit is like, woohoo, yay, let's be here. But the soul the soul's got a bit of baggage, but but it's it's also ancient and wise. Ancient and wise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So, Rebecca, moving back now to Rise, Sister, Rise, and I know that you've just launched uh, launched a sisterhood that goes along with the books and your messages from both books. Can you talk to us a little bit more about the Rise, Sister, Rise sisterhood? Yeah, totally. So I I noticed through, well, my own longing and then also I've just heard it over and over again from people at events and, and just emailing me that the importance of the community and the importance of, of having like, you know, in the ancient times, women used to gather in circle all the time. And that's been, it's really coming back in, in our society today. And so the Rise Sister Rise Sisterhood is, is just that it's, it's, um, a really affordable way of, of continuing your soul practice while being supported by other women. So how it works is that it's, it's, um, a monthly membership in a way, kind of like going to the gym, but for your soul. I love <laughs> and, that. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, each month you get sent a, on the 11th of every month, you get a, like a video with like a new, um, you know, I guess it's like a theme, a teaching theme. Um, and then you also get a meditation, so MP3 download. And then you also get a, like a soul worksheet workbook. So you can really inquire into, you know, what's rising, what's wanting to fall away and, you know, what, how your soul is calling you and, 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 and where your your intuition is is guiding you to take action 
and then you've got constant access to the the Rise Sister Rise Facebook uh, sisterhood community. So yeah, so that's it. And at the moment, I'm doing a promotion where it's um, just one pound for the first, um, which is I think it's like two dollars something in in. In I was going to say, that's next to nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's for the first month. Um, and then after that, it's 11 pounds. So yeah, um, each month or um, yeah, there's like an annual membership. So it's really affordable and, and yeah, the content's really top, top notch. I just wanted to reach as many people as, as possible. And then, yeah, you also have like lifetime access to that. So with the meditations, they're, they're designed so that you can, some are like um, more like shamanic journeys and some are more straight meditations. Um, but yeah, with the worksheets and everything, you can continue to come back to them. So, you know, if you've got a day where you're like, I'm a bit stuck, I, I need I need some soul food in a way, you can just revert back to, to one of the one of the months. I can vouch for the standard when Rebecca says they're really high quality. I can vouch for the the quality of the work Rebecca puts out. I'm in her um, her online course called Work Your Light, which is closed for registration this year, right, Rebecca? Yeah, each year I'm going to be opening it up again. So if you're interested in that, look out next year. But the quality in that course is so top-notch and I've been so impressed with the amount and depth of the the work that Rebecca puts out. So I know that Rise Sister, Rise Sisterhood will have that same level of of care and attention given to it. So I can certainly vouch for that, Mm -hmm. Rebecca. I've been so impressed. Thank you so much. Look, just to finish up, is there anything else you'd like to add or leave uh, the listeners with today? Mm, well, I would just say it takes courage to to act on the whispers, but when you do act on that intuition, you you really do open yourself up to to living a life that's beyond what you could possibly create. And so, I just want to encourage anyone listening who has, whether it's a niggly feeling you've got and you're like, Oh God, I don't want to do it. Or, or, or you're waiting, you're kind of like, Oh, there is this thing I want to do, but how do I know? And you're waiting for permission. I just, I just want you to go for it and, and really just trust the guidance that you're getting. Oh, so good. I could have talked to you all day, Rebecca. Thank yeah, you. Me too. Thank you so <laughs> much for giving us an hour of your time. Uh, I'm My so, pleasure. I'm so looking forward to finishing Rise, Sister Rise, and I know that that my listeners will really appreciate your books as well. If they've touched me as deeply as they have, I know that they will touch many others. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Kate. It's been great t- talking to you. <laughs> you. Have a wonderful day, Rebecca. See ya. Bye bye. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. So in terms of your practical takeaway exercise from today, I'd really like you to think about Rebecca's list, the list that she suggested making. If you want to go back and hear her talk about that again, just skip to about 20 minutes on the podcast and you should hear it. But she asks us, to write a list and, and answer the question, where in my life am I dimming my light to fit in or have others approve of me? So sit with that question and see what comes up. Where in my life am I dimming my light to fit in or have others approve of me? 
Both of Rebecca's books are available where you will find most good books. Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Light is the New Black was her original book, which is a big time bestseller. And Rise, Sister Rise is the brand new book that has just been released. They are both beautiful books to look at and to read. They're gorgeous and that they're designed and that you can pick them up and read tidbits and just read a little bit at a time or sort of devour them as I have in big sittings. So that's Light is the New Black and Rise, Sister, Rise. Rebecca also mentioned her brand new sisterhood subscription called the Rise, Sister, Rise, Sisterhood. If you'd like to know a little bit more about that, you can head over to her website, which is www.rebeccacampbell.me forward slash sisterhood. The link for that will be in the show notes as well. So Rebecca's website is rebeccacampbell.me and you can also follow Rebecca on Instagram and Facebook. I will pop her links in the show notes or over on my website www.thrive.how forward slash podcast 18. I just want to mention that light sourcing meditation too, which I'm a huge fan of. That's completely free. So you just have to, when I said community in the podcast, I was meaning just signing up for Rebecca's sort of mailing list and she sends a little note of inspiration once a week. And if you sign up for that, that's when you will get your free light sourcing meditation. So you don't need to pay a single penny to get that one. Uh, And it's the seven minute guided meditation that is just really calming and restoring for me. So head over to her website and you'll find the links to be able to sign up and get that. As per usual, any questions, don't hesitate to pop over and let me know via my website, www.thrive.how. You'll find my contact details over there. And lovely Here to Thrive listeners, I would so appreciate if you could do me the favor of popping over and leaving a review in iTunes. That's how I'm getting the word out there. That's how we're getting seen and noticed. And I so appreciate that this community is growing and that I'm getting such beautiful messages coming from you personally. But I would so love if you could write them as a review as well so that others can find the podcast. So it's a bit tricky sometimes if you can't see the review tab right from your phone, you might need to go back and search Here to Thrive uh, and then a review tab should come up and, and let you do it from there. I'll be back next week. I'm looking forward to it. This is this is becoming so much fun. I'm I'm having a blast coming on and and sharing wisdom and beautiful people with you weekly. So I'll see you next week. 